Testing, testing. Oh, God damn it. Hello, hey. hello. Does anyone copy? Yes, I'm here. It is time to be excellent to each other. Oh, yeah, most definitely, man. Um, just had a little bit of a whiskey on the rocks, and it reacted kind of terribly on the bowels, so I had to like a morning, Like a morning coffee. I know, is it? Yeah, it's pretty, pretty much diuretic for the most part, huh? Mm-hmm. Yep. I'm having a beer. <laughs> I feel uh I feel cleansed and I feel ready to go and talk about this uh awesome upcoming year and um I a lot of people yeah. say, Oh well what what year are you talking about? You know, like uh we don't even year for twenty twenty for your NFL season, but you know, I'm gonna remain optimistic and um I don't like the negativity that's being sprouted, you know, at that I understand that this is put the COVID nineteen has pushed us back further than we ever anticipated back on March sixteenth, but I really, honestly, I believe there's going to be a clear. Dude, I just, dude, dude, oh my God, I'm going to publish this episode no matter what the fuck we say. We could say probably, I hope we don't, and we won't because we're not those kind of people. But, I mean, whatever bold statement we ever make after I do this, you know how we can save the sporting season if we put plexiglass in between all the seats? Oh, wow. Jesus Christ, man. Talk about genius ideas. Fucking A. I don't even need to think about COVID optimism when it comes to such a brilliant idea. Everybody's like at the penalty box now. Yeah, exactly, exactly. That's uh, like, I mean, yeah, the, we're with you, dude. The NFL, the NFL's got the money to do so, too. All so. of them have the money to do that. Oh, yep, God, why didn't anybody think? Why are we not funding this? Let me say it like Peter Griffin. Why are we yeah. not funding this? And I mean, but you could like uh, what, like make a strict, uh, strict enforcement in terms of all, you know, all the attendees must be wearing gloves and masks during the time of admission into the park. If you are caught by security without a mask or gloves, you're automatically kicked out to so make it very strict. But at the same time, you got to do what you got to do to keep measures met. Right. Yeah, exactly. Or if yep. they don't like or you know what, you can like, you know, this is where you can put team uh, commitment to the fans like. Oh, if you forgot your gloves, here we got you. Team uh, official, team complimentary gloves. Have have wow. fun. They have the well. They they have the fucking money to do that as well. So I'm in complete support of that as well. <laughs> Dude, we are publishing this episode, and hopefully we get the word spread because we need our sports. We're dying out here. Okay, women of God that's watching the Notebook, and we're crying, <laughs> and that's not supposed to happen. Yeah, I know, and like it's it makes complete sense that Netflix had fucking what was it like fucking thirty million new subscribers. So like, if you invested it, I know the fucking stock market has ate shit the past couple months, but I do know during the time of the shelter in place being called out on like, oh, it would have been would have been a very smart time to invest in Netflix. You're not not necessarily a rich man, but if you bought that stock on the rebound after the quarantine has been in full effect, you'd probably be coming up pretty fat. Well, yeah, you would. And um I don't know the stock market that well because it kind of confuses me. A little a little bit here too. It's just like basic knowledge on what I see trending in terms of uh just like society over um, I think it is another intriguing, and this has to do with sports, considering 
I know a lot of people are going to fucking think that I'm fucking a lunatic for fucking bringing this up as an argument. You could go ahead and call in on the hotline if you want to go ahead and debate. But I honestly believe that uh, professional wrestling is considered a sport. I don't just consider it a, uh, a line of entertainment, but I do honestly consider it a Both sport. Both versions. Yes, and I have a lot of, you know, it's a very, it's a controversial topic, as everyone knows. But um, I do find it interesting in terms of stocks, too, the fact that, uh, the WWE was uh, deemed a essential business by the state of uh, Florida. So they are operating all of their uh, entertainment shows out of their uh, training facility over in Orlando. So I do find that interesting that um, they still take strict measures. Like the only people that are allowed inside that facility is uh, obviously production crew and the wrestlers themselves. So there's probably that. The, what do you think toads? Maybe like 30 to 50 people in that building at one time during the time of shooting. But I mean, it just it goes to show that, I mean, it's just a matter of time before I think we, we got to get the ball rolling somehow, some way. If WWE, I, well, I, know. Well, I just, again, you know what? Um, all sporting events, because of me, just got saved. Plexi yeah, between all the seats. You, you yeah. can still go. Yeah, yeah so cold. Yeah, uh, Danny Allen, you better you better copyright your statement right here on the air, or you can, you're going to copyright the episode, right? Because I that, it. it's already copyrighted. Yeah. So okay, they, thank you. Kiss my ass, Spotify. Yeah. <laughs> if anyone did. What was that? Are you getting abducted by aliens? You're on to you. Yeah, that's it's just insane. I mean, that's a brilliant idea on Danny Allen's behalf. Credit to you, young man. Yeah, like, but you know, I'm glad that I'm glad some sporting events are happening, and I'm glad that I'm glad Vince McMahon is like, I'm going to take extreme measures. He sure um, did, yeah. And I mean, the zero zero affected wrestlers so far. No one's came down with the COVID, so that's yeah, a lot. Man. You know, they, they he knew he was taking a risk, and I mean, I don't know. Like, do you think Vince had the wrestlers? Do you think they signed some type of new contract before they engaged in going back to activities during the time of the outbreak? Do you think he had them for uh, liability measures? He might have had them agree to something, right? If they did come down with COVID, he's not liable. He knows the risk, and he knows that, like, listen, hey, if you come down with this shit, we're going to, like, really help you. Like, you know, it's it, it, he's going – I mean – um. I mean, the place I'm working for, I, you know, I don't want to drop a name. Uh, not, you know, not because I, you know, it's, it's, it's complicated, like a Facebook relationship. Uh, I don't blame you. I don't blame you. But, um, you know, he's, uh, he's taking care of his own people. So that's what um, a lot of other, you know, organizations have to do. We can't really force these athletes to, um, you know, go back and play. It's up to them. Yeah, I want to. I want to know more about that on the behalf of WWE. Where was the middle ground in terms of Vince bringing up the proposition that he still wanted to operate, and what the cooperation level was from the wrestlers? Was there like a? Was oh, it's all hot to him now at this point. You know, yeah, I, the, they, 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 they maybe their, their contracts might have been set up differently than other sporting leagues, huh? Yeah, like they come and they go. Like you know, if you don't want to do this, you know, you, there's no shame in backing out. I'm not yeah, trying to, like, push you out, you know? It, it, Skaters, it, it, I, I think it could, like, maybe Vince did use some type of fine print terminology saying that it's a rain, sleet, or snow type performance. You know, you're like, it doesn't matter. We could be going through fucking World War Three, and if we have the opportunity to fucking film and you could perform and you're healthy, you're going fucking out there in that ring and you're performing, you know? Which, along those you, lines. Know what? you know what, dude? You know what? You kind of, like, did it for me. 
I hope mm-hmm. that God I get a chance to talk to the epic rap battles of history guys. And um, I want to um, say PT Barnum versus Vince McMahon. Epic rap oh, history. Oh, my goodness. Does that sound epic? Yeah, that sounds so epic. Yeah, bro. Yeah, like, nice they already just they're... continue to kill it tonight on this show. This is the one right here. I told you I had a good feeling about this pod. Yes, I did. Yeah, yeah. I'm a, I've been a good, yeah, I'm like, um, so many people pissed me off today. I'm like, you know what? I have to get my job done. And I'm like, Fuck, I don't want to do overtime right now. I don't want to do this. Mm-hmm. I want to end my shift. I'm like, you know what? He's my last customer. I'm done. I'm cutting it. Um, yeah, they're cutting it. The front, the, the front's cutting it. I, I want to get work done. He's my last customer. That's it. We're done. Benito, rapido. Benito. Yeah, get the, the, the good shit on completing the shift. And now you're uh, you're on your secondary job, which is damn near just as important. So... Yeah, yeah, to provide entertainment to people who can't really leave their house, you know. But you know, it's just like you know the, the other thing too. Like I told, like like you saw it today, that I said like, like you know, you have twelve hours. You're in a lockdown. You have pretty much nowhere to go but your house. Mm-hmm. Why the fuck did you not think of going to the store any fucking sooner? Seriously, man. I. Listen, I mean, I was—I know it was kind of like you know a bit hot to say everybody, but I will exclude all the other people who um, all of a sudden ran out of food. If you ran out of food, you're desperate. I'll—I'll I'll look the other way. I'm like, oh shit, you're, you're like, no, I got no food in the house. Get in the fucking store now. Run, run, run. Go, go, blue chip, go. <laughs> the small man. You know, I'm not gonna be like, oh, I hate everybody. No, no, no. I just hate the people who just are pious. That's just. Yeah. You know, I hope I, I, I hope just, people understand that I'm not like attacking everybody in the fucking world right now. Just the dumb ones, <laughs> the dumb. Oh nah, yeah, the, the, uh, it was uh, bringing that up. It is very funny that you mentioned that, Toad. So, um, ever since the Bay Area County really made shit very strict. Uh, I mean, if they wanted to go ahead with this whole strict enforcement, no, uh, no mask, no entry into mainstream stores, they should have enacted this uh, fucking right when the fucking outbreak occurred. You know, like it. If they got a wrap and more of a containment or prevention on the the spread of the virus, I think that it, the, the, this should have been incorporated many fucking months ago. Um, I just I found it okay, coming from Sacramento County over to the Bay yesterday, man. It was just insane to notice that it was like the difference between night and day from here to over there in comparison to the outside of a Safeway in Half Moon Bay, California. I mean that they, they took their social distancing extremely seriously. Not only the the line was fucking. 400 fucking yards long bro and like every single fucking person during that fucking huge span of fucking yards was literally keeping their six foot distance and every single fucking person had their mask on because they had some security looking security guard looking dude at the front checking people in and out seeing if they had masks i mean it felt like i was in fucking some futuristic fucking apocalyptic type shit um like so the my, sacrament, my sacrament ass was fucking in shell shock because i i uh, being out here in the valley, I haven't seen that just yet. It's not it's not that strict out here just yet, but we shall see. Yeah. Hey, you guys yeah. doing that at Drager's too? Yeah, they're doing it. Well, I mean, they're kind of more, you know, easy laid back, but we're kind of strict too. Like you before you cannot enter the store. Like we will stop you if you do not sanitize your hands. And people okay. think it's crazy and people think it's neurotic. Uh, and we'll kind of end this. We'll kind of end this conversation with that because um, we got to continue with 
the, the football. Um, yeah. uh, basically, what I th- what I realized is that people who wear the gloves all day are the ones who are the real ignorant ones. I feel like okay, and I know this nurse brought it up, but she didn't. But but she was like going crazy, like holy shit, people are doing this, and she didn't do it really in a calm way. But she, I, I applaud her uh, message. So I was telling everybody today when doctors. When they use gloves, they put them on, they touch the bodies, and they immediately take them off. Mm-hmm. That's why they're called, called single-use gloves. Thank but you. Easy. And people think these things last all day. That's how chintzy people are. Yep, yep. But anyways, enough about bashing the world. Uh, enough of this political mumbo-jumbo. Let's talk about some fucking football. Fuck yeah, that's the bread and butter right now, man. That, Like I said, I mean... If there's any sport we could fucking look forward to for this year, I mean, in terms of progression, I just, I'm so happy that, you know, the NFL, they really did put a smile on my face. And the first thing that I did when I got done watching that five minute segment on, you know, what the NFL thought about COVID and how much it means to them to go ahead and give people, you know, a sign of hope and some relief during these tough times of, uh, you know, putting every single fucking ounce of effort they had into, you know, broadcasting something to, keep people entertained at their fucking house during these miserable times of quarantine or somebody that's unfortunately maybe losing a family member. The first thing I fucking did was text my mom saying that the NFL is the greatest sporting organization mankind will ever see, you know, because I, I don't think that the NBA wouldn't have done it that way. MLB wouldn't have done it that way. You know, like the draft, the, the draft was just incredible in my own opinion. I'm just so happy that they actually, conducted this four or five days ago i really i absolutely enjoyed night one and two how about yourself buddy yeah i I enjoyed the whole thing you know it just kind of gave people hope you know that's that that's why they call you know football the the 20th century struggle it's always been like that Mm -hmm. you know it just it gave us a little bit of unification and like it to to be honest i it's not just about the sport it's about unification like i said it just Exactly. It, brings, it doesn't. It brings us all together, right? Like I remember on draft night, I talked to like you. I obviously I keep my relationship pretty steady with you, obviously, but I had talked to like two or three other people that I haven't caught up with in hell long because of the draft, you know. So I think I think the NFL for that. They're responsible for it, right? Yeah, you know, you know who we have to include in this. We got to include Matt one day. We got. We, we really. really do. Do. I'm sure Matt. Well, Matt's like me. He's working too. He, he is essential, yeah. That, that God bless you guys. Thank you for your service. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So yeah. I think you know what? Yeah. Oh yeah. By the way, before we continue now, um, now that we're in the fifteenth minute, um, happy birthday to your uh, your your girl, dude. Happy birthday. Oh, right on, brother. Yeah, I appreciate that. It was on the twenty sixth. Yep, two days ago. We had a we had a good old time. Yep. She uh, nice. Even, she even she's not big on football, but obviously day was that day. Three or two that landed on her. It was day three, huh? The draft. Actually, no. Draft was over during her birthday. My bad. It was the day after the day three. Um, but yeah. I'm sure she's. I'm sure she said under her breath, "Happy birthday." Yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> she, she had to. She unfortunately sat down and watched day two with me for like an hour, and she was dreadful. But she sat there. That's what. That's what good fucking significant others do. There's some things that you know the fucking the woman's not gonna want to do, but she sticks it out because she loves her man. And same back with her. I watch all those teeny bopper fucking soap opera bullshit ass fucking shows 
instead of my fucking hockey or my football game. And I'm absolutely miserable. But why do I do it? For the love of the woman, right? Yes, exactly. And I need to ask one question. What is the one sport that you two actually find common ground on? I'm it's very hockey, believe It's hockey, believe it or not, out of anything. No right? way. Like, isn't that crazy? Usually, like, chicks, for whatever reason, females usually, like, uh, in my own opinion, I think baseball is most liked uh, for – most popular sport, in my own opinion, for, for the female gender is baseball. What do you think, Toads? Yeah, because they uh, play softball, and, you know, softball girls kind of have a thing for ball, baseball guys. So, you yeah, know, she likes softball, and apparently they also dig something else that's long. So. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, you know, so, yeah, Mark McGuire did something else for the steroids. Yeah. <laughs> just kidding, Mark. I'm just kidding. Yeah. Uh, see, there's that bold profoundness I was talking about at the beginning of the episode. All right, so um, I'm taking the AFC, and you're taking the NFC. So the AFC started with uh, Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals. He's also got T. Higgins. I, I really like, I really do like the direction uh, that Zach Taylor has really brought to the Cincinnati Bengals in the uh, post-Marvin uh, Lewis era. Um, it took a year. Everyone knew that was going to be uh, bad for him. And that's why the Bengals fans kind of stuck around. They're like, Oh, we know it's going to be a crappy year. We really do. And we're like, mm-hmm. get the number one pick. And then when they saw that, they're like, oh, dude, we sucked at such the greatest time right now. Totally. Um, like, I, I could see Cincinnati probably win the Super Bowl if they play their cards right. They they definitely, they easily a top five biggest winner in my draft board for this year's draft. Definitely, man. I was very impressed with what I saw. Um, yeah. my God, I just overall the the one thing I do want to point out about Cincinnati is like that yes, they were a two and fourteen team. I get that they were absolutely abysmal, and you know record shows that they were a bad team, but however, um, I do know that statistically they they actually covered a shit ton of spreads last season, like Vegas can never really figure them out from a points perspective. They would always give Cincinnati way too many points, and they'd actually keep. They were they, they were a lot more competitive than people give them credit for last year. Like they could have very low away. key. You you remember that, right? So they would. Yeah, they were very like low key competitive. They were. You, they you were. You were very. Record, I swear to God, if you look up their stat sheet from last year, they, they they lost like three or four games by like four or less points. Like there was some close. Like they, I, I think they beat the Jets. They beat yeah, the fucking Jets. Yes. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. Like, I think that, you know, Sid, it, it was a blessing in disguise for Cincinnati to, you know, pick number one and get the uh, the, the next Messiah, Joe Burrow. But I, I, I honestly, I get you got to think that walking into 2020 that Cincinnati wasn't as bad of a team as 2-14 and 14 is saying. And now they got more firepower because they picked from a, a prime spot. I would, if I was in the AFC North, I'd, I'd be, beware of Cincinnati right now, man. Uh, I think the Bengals are on the prowl, man. They are. Um, yeah, the cats in the, yeah, the cats in the, 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 yeah, the, the felines of the AFC are on the fucking prowl, my friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I just, that trio is nasty. I, I, it's saying here that they got, I believe they did draft a tight end somewhere to replace Eifert. Um, but, yeah, I, I can't recall what round, but I just, dude, Higgins, Boyd, and A.J. Green, I mean, fuck, dude, that sounds like a pretty nasty fucking trio. Exactly. Um, and um, the other thing is what Cincinnati is, and I was just thinking about it when you brought it up, was um, um, how is how are things going to turn? Because I feel like when Zach Taylor, who came from the Los Angeles Rams, 
you know how awesome that offense was, man. They scored 54 fucking points on the Chiefs. Okay, yeah. hello. Yeah. Um, I look out if I were Kansas City now. I think Zach Taylor found his golf. And uh, and you notice how the offense has regressed in Los Angeles, right, since Zach Taylor's departure. Mm-hmm. That's a huge, huge red flag right there. Like, Zach Taylor just like, I got a head coaching job. Now, Stefanski left Minnesota to go join a very highly stacked Cleveland Browns team. Exactly. And, um, yeah, if I was in the North, Baltimore's got their work cut out for them. They gloated way too hard. But they will hold their own because they had an awesome draft too. But now it's your turn. NFC, Washington Redskins. Yeah, let's go with the Redskins. That's a good team to talk about. They had a fucking awesome draft too, man. I mean, obviously it was kind of a no-brainer decision. Um, I Just in this position at number two, they weren't the same position as Detroit, another team we're going to touch on where I didn't like that pick right there at number three with Jeff Okuda where I thought there was some value in moving back and still swooping on the same guy. I don't think that was the same situation here with Young. If you scoop back, that fool is going to be picked up by fucking Detroit or fucking Giants picking up four, you know? So I think with this, it was pretty much a no brainer type fucking pick. And uh, I think uh, last year's draft pick with Montez sweat out of uh, Texas A&M, he's a really good defensive end. He's listed as an outside backer, but he really plays more of the outside technique. They'll line him up in the five or the seven out there on the outside edge. So I consider him more of a DN. So I think with uh, sweat, and uh, Young on the fucking edges, they're going to have somewhat of a, a similar effect that the Niners did have last year with Ford and Bosa. So I think watch um, watch a lot of teams in the league this year. Copycat exactly how John Lynch is trying to build our defense. You know, just have an absolutely nasty fucking front and a, a mediocre backfield and just let the fucking front seven or the pass rush just fucking wreak havoc on the fucking quarterback and the offensive line, and that's how you're going to win games. I think that there's going to be a lot of copycats in this league. What do you think about that, Toads? Um, I think that's uh, kind of um, – you know what? I think that's kind of a trap on John Lynch. I think he's yeah. kind of two steps ahead of the game. Um, it's mostly a setup because now everyone's going to start copying him, and he's going to be like, oh, really? Okay, so everyone's doing the whole front seven thing, and now he's going to go get these fucking secondary – uh, these awesome secondary weapons now, and then everyone's not going to be able to pass, and he's already got that front seven. You can't, mm-hmm. you can't pass, you can't run, you win games. That's it. <laughs> that's the that's the goal, buddy. That's the goal. That's how he did it in Tampa Bay, right? I mean, that's got to be. Gr- yeah, Gruden inherited a fucking great defense from uh, who? Uh, who the fuck was Tampa Bay's coach before? before Gruden? Yeah, before Gruden wasn't it Brian Carroll? Don't don't they, it was not Dungy, right? Yeah, it was Tony Dungy. Tony Dungy. Oh, it was, right? Yeah, I don't know much yeah, about old school ball, but that's one thing I did. It's It was Dungy, right? Yeah, it was Tony Dungy. He, yeah, yeah. yeah so uh, Gruden got traded, from what I was told, to Tampa Bay. The only the only coach to ever be traded in history in the NFL was John Gruden. Damn, that's a, that is historic, huh, bro? I didn't even know that was actually a stat. A Raider fan told me that. I'm like, if it came from a Raider fan about Gruden in the old days. Holy shit. It's true. It's true. <laughs> yeah, it is, Kurt Angle. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's, <laughs> that's, that's where I was going with that quotation. Yep. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Yep. But, uh, it yeah, no, be on that, be on that 
<laughs> yeah, and then they have like, uh, dude, the skins. They got fucking Ryan Kerrigan too, who could fucking get down on third down. The uh, legendary Ryan Kerrigan. He's still, he's in a lot of it. He's still, dude. He's still a productive thirty-one-year-old fucking player. He's, all, I've always liked this. Oh, game. dude, he's thirty-one. Oh, yeah, Washington. He's good up there in age. He was, I think, he was drafted. Was he drafted with? Keekley's class, I think he was, if I'm not mistaken. No way before Keekley, I believe. Was, he was yeah, let me look up. Uh, I want to know what year he did. Don't tell me. That, yeah, it was before Keekley, huh? I'm tripping. Like, he was, um, he came in the same time Brian Arakpo was, uh, it was Arakpo and Kerrigan on the Washington defense for a while. Let's see. Yeah, he yeah, is 31. Who was in his fucking draft? Let's see here. I want to see that out of curiosity. I have my laptop right here. Uh, uh. Ooh, this was a – okay, okay. Oh, fucking A. This was a fucking nice draft right here. This was uh, – I was stripping. This was not Keekly's draft, but it was uh, J.J. Watt and uh, Alden Smith and fucking Julio Jones's draft. This is a nasty draft. Oh, oh man. Yeah. That's such a good one. Who else uh, in that draft? Who- Looking over this first round, this could, like in the past two decades, this could be one of the best, bro. A.J. Green, Vaughn Miller, Julio Jones, Alden Smith, Tyron Smith. Tyron Smith? Fucking A, dude. Are you kidding me? He's one of the best offensive linemen to play the game the past 15 years. Um, uh, yeah. Cameron Cameron Jordan? Fucking A. Yeah, Mark Ingram. Hey, he's still playing for the same. Yeah, yeah no, it was a, that, that's got to be one of the best drafts in a while. Wow, every and you know what? Yeah, everyone was said Cam Jordan, uh, Cameron Jordan going to the uh, Miami Dolphins. Yeah, did, were they saying that they, he was a uh, rumor to go over there? Huh? No, 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 no. Didn't he get drafted by the Miami Dolphins? Right? Believe it or not, no. He's he, uh, believe it or not, he began his career in NOLA, and I think he he could retire as Saint too. It seems like they have a really good relationship with him. Uh, he's never. Yeah, I think that. Oh, that's right. He did. There was talks of him going to Miami, but it never happened. Mm-hmm. Okay, so yeah, when what year did that happen? Like after the Super Bowl, right? To yeah, exactly. Wow, that fucking oh, and I forgot that Cam Jordan went to uh, Berkeley. That's cool shit. Cam Jordan, wow. Yeah, that's that. Okay, so cool knowledge there. But um, yeah. let's see here. But the um, talent that come out of Cal Berkeley, fuck you, Stanford. Sorry. Oh, I yeah, Cal really had some. Great teams back in the early 2000s, mid 2000s. Oh, all up and yep. down. Fuck Stanford. Yep, I agree. Fucking, uh, they rep- represent Deshaun and Deshaun. Yep. Um, let's see. Rogers. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm a very. Tony Gonzalez. Marshawn fucking Lynch. CJ Anderson. Oh, CJ Anderson. Fuck yeah. I forgot about him. Danny, Danny Trevathan. Keith yeah, Allen. Yeah. Gee, uh, did, did Trevathan go to Berkeley too? Yeah, he did. Trevathan went oh, to Berkeley. fucking cool. Nice, bro. Nice. Yeah, uh, man. Uh, who the fuck else went to Cal? Um, there's more. There, there's another linebacker that's absolutely ferocious that went to Cal, and I can't fucking recall who it is. Oh, well. Uh, can't remember. Yeah, so many people came from Cal, man. It's not even yeah. fun. 
So but do anyway, you want to? I mean, do you the, the? I know. Okay, let's just let's stay in order here and let's go with uh, let's go with the AFC. I'll switch it back on you and put you on the spot because the no, 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 we'll pick. follow the draft. We'll follow the draft. The third one was Detroit, though. Okay, we'll- yeah. Let's follow the draft then. Yeah, that sounds good. Yeah, and then what? The Lions went with Okuda, and this was the kind of spot right here where and his position is of- defensive, right? Yeah, I get it, and I get the. the I think that yeah, Patricia, they had to. Patricia's kind of like I get the pick, and I, I think that he's trying to follow in his um his grandfather's footsteps because I know that Billichek likes to build his build his defenses from the back to the front, so he concentrates more on defensive back, elite defensive backs, and minimal talent up front. So he does a complete opposite from a lot of uh, general managers, just like John Lynch, you know, like it's pretty crazy. We were just talking about him, how he likes to build from the front, but Belichick is opposite. But uh, I think that's what Patricia was shooting for here. Um, I think that he's going to try to do something Belichick like and build from the back and then climb to the front. But I, I honestly, I know that a lot of teams were not big on his pro day and a lot of tape that they saw from him at uh, Ohio. So like, I don't know if the Lions really shopped around this pick, but I just think that, like, if they somehow scooted back maybe to, like, six or seven, I don't think Carolina or the Chargers were any bit interested in them. If they somehow tried to work a deal with both those teams, it's very possible they could have, like, got something in return and still got their guy. So I wasn't I wasn't huge on taking him in this spot. But, I mean, he'll, he'll end up serving them right. I just not – I would have tried to shop around the pick if I was the GM. What do you think, Toads? Um, yeah, I, I mean, I kind of, I kind of want to agree to disagree. I kind of agree with you, but to, what, what I disagree with you is that, yeah, you know, um, build, you have to build the defense. You have to, I mean, he's, sure he's kind of got the offense. I mean, Patricia's got kind of got the offensive pieces right now. It's just the thing is who the fuck's is Tom Brady? Yep. You know, Stafford's not Stafford at this point is Drew Bledsoe. Who's Tom mm-hmm. Brady? Where is fucking Tom Brady? That yeah, is, yeah. Brady. we don't know where Tom Brady is right now, and I don't think they did. They invest in a quarterback in the draft. I don't believe they did. So they're they're still investing a lot in Stafford, and um, he, in his defense, he did start off with a bang last year. You know, those first six or seven games, he was on a fucking tear. Um, yeah, said that about Bledsoe before he got replaced. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I remember that, that too. Like Brady showed up out of nowhere. That's what I think about the the Lions pick, though. So it's a, not much other than the, the some the big summary of the story was just the fact that I liked the pick, but I just think they could have got more value out of it. But let's continue yeah. on. Yeah, that who was the next pick? It was Andrew Thomas out of Georgia, offensive tackle. Um, and they a lot of pros. No, Giants, fucked up. Giants fucked up. They did uh, – this is another one where, like, you – like, if you were Ian Thomas the entire time, I get – you know, you got to protect your top asset that you drafted last year with Daniel Jones. Um, I, I totally get that. And they had a they, – they talk about a dismal offensive line. And, like, we've talked about Nate Soldier on this time – on this uh, podcast plenty of times um, that he had just – he just looked like a whole different player in a negative way when he went from New England new, to New York. So – I I get the I get the pick. They absolutely need help on the offensive line, but this I mean Andrew Thomas was like a fourth ranked tackle. They easily could have fucking scooted back 
in this position and fucking got that later on in the draft because no one was fucking I am this early on. So once again, they could fucking scoot it back. However, I mean, this Andrew Thomas kid, he seems like a fucking absolute monster, though. So I pray to God the fucking, yeah, I, I really hope the judge, the G-Man, it's just, it's a shame to see that kind of fucking talent go down the drain because with Saquon and like they have decent receiver help, I, it would just it, it would pain me to see fucking Dallas absolutely fucking obliterate this division, which it looks like they're very well going to this year. I I think, no, they, I think no, the Cowboys no, no, no. are just gonna they're gonna feast on that fucking division. I'd hate to say it. Ryan Clark is calling it like he sees it. He called it last year, and he's gonna call it again. And I, I, you know what? I, I kind of have to believe he. He kind of gave this like, oh, how many times are we gonna talk about this? They're like, they look like they go to the Super Bowl, and now here they are. And like, he brought it up brilliantly. Like, they had the the the, the Cowboys had the stacked offense. Mm-hmm. They were gonna go to the Super Bowl. They had they were they were dreaming about this. And then the Philadelphia Eagles. They they, they had what this this guy that just came on. He was talking about Miles Sanders. He was talking about what one receiver, Ogalore, and you know their their prize tight end, and and, and uh, you know, um, you know, kind of a uh, you know, the quarterback. He was talking about Carson Wentz, and you know, the, the, the team was just so scrappy, and they ended up going to the playoffs, and you know, you know, and now and now he's like saying you flash forward to this year, and it's like, oh, now you get this, you know. Hey, you get this really great wide receiver. Yeah, we're going to the Super Bowl. Here we go again. Yeah, you know? no, I totally agree with you. Um, Ryan Clark is he, calling it. You know, he really is. He's calling it because, like, uh, I keep mentioning the fact that, like, that uh, Dallas's defense, they just were not the same last year out the uh, with the absence of uh, Leighton Vander Esch. I really think that hurt them in a negative way. I, I don't want to blame it all around one guy, but I mean, with fucking Jalen Smith and Vander Esch on the inside, I mean, that, that that's really – that's what makes the wheels churn on that defense with those two inside backers is fucking – flying around sideline to sideline, just fucking wreaking havoc and fucking striking fear and intimidation amongst running back and fucking quarterback's eyes. I, I just, I think that had a huge effect. And then fucking having retard freaking Jerry, the, the fucking just having, um, having Garrett fucking run the fucking show too. Like, I, I think there was, a, there was some toxicity in the locker room there somewhere. I think there was a, so like it could go either way like, I, I could be digging myself a can of worms here you know for all i know because yeah i don't think it's all hunky dory in dallas as everyone yeah. thinks it is you know I thought, it, I thought it was a good move but now i'm thinking you know what it's jerry's world remember <laughs> that and now i'm thinking like now now jerry could be very well the toxicity but we'll get to the cowboys yeah, in a sure minute because they're they're definitely in my own opinion i've that we'll definitely get back to him. Justin would have been great on the Giants, and he should have been snatched up by the yeah, Giants, Wirfs like they was said. A they should. Monster Wirfs was definitely up there for me. Yeah, he did. I, I fuck. It's tough. It's between him and Wilkes, but I, I, I kind of, I want to lean Wirfs. I really do because the the main thing that I absolutely fucking love about Wirfs is I, re- I didn't even know about Wirfs, but I remember one night back in the fall of last year, I was watching Iowa play. And I just love the fucking – the surge was absolutely remarkable from that offensive line. Like, it took me back to fucking 2005, back in the Aragon days, when we were fucking absolutely obliterating any fucking defense we saw, as you all well know, fucking all-county team. 
one of the best to ever do in Aragon history. But it just, it really reminded me of that. They were having their way any fucking way they wanted in the trenches. And that's what really controlled the game was their offensive line. And I, I think they, like, they, they weren't passing the ball at all. Just every single down, they were running the fucking ball and, like, putting, uh, putting defenses, like, imposing their will, you know? Like, they, they just the, the opposing defense couldn't do anything about it. And it made sense right when I I heard that Tristan Wirfs was part of that squad that I watched absolutely fucking kill that defensive line. I was like, okay, that makes sense that, that guy was on the offensive line because Iowa was fucking smashing heads last season. Oh, yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, the other thing is um, about that is, um, you know, now that Tristan Wirfs going to be going to Tampa Bay and working with a, you know, one of the, you know, in a, you know, now the greatest of all time, it is Tom Brady. Tom Brady is, you know, going to be benefiting from this. He got, he got a, you know, now he's got a very solidified line. That's going to, he inherited from Jameis Winston and we'll get to him in a minute. Um, you know, he's going to be a very interesting topic, but um, now we, uh, now we digressed. And I think the next pick was Miami. Oh, sure I believe. Was. And you could go ahead and uh, put, put, submit your input on that pick right there. So that was a big one. Yeah, so uh, Tua is going to Miami. He's going to Miami, and I was loving the loving the way they were drafting the up in the first two picks that they made. So, um, let's go ahead and well, let's give the guy a shot. Um, I think that they, they need to they needed to find somebody because obviously Fitzpatrick's right. got the future. I mean, as much as we love him, as much as he's entertaining, if the guy could play till he's fifty years fifty years old, it would be it would be hilarious and amazing and epic mm-hmm. all at the same time. And I would say only a guy from Harvard could pull this off. Yeah, he's a he's a substitute teacher for the fucking Miami Dolphins for the next year and a half, right? <laughs> yeah, but he's right right now. He's the starter because he's got to get oh, this kid ready. One hundred percent starter. Yeah, and then obviously we don't even know about to his health like everyone's been talking about. So this. This is the, uh, the perfect opportunity for Tua to just sit back in the fucking the secondary seat of the fucking driving bus and just fucking learn from a seasoned vet that fucking knows the ins and outs of the league. Yeah, because Fitzpatrick's got like a one-year deal. He's signed a one, another one more deal. He's like, uh, I'm, yeah, Fitzpatrick, you know what? I have a very good I'm – gonna, I'm going to make a prediction about Fitzpatrick. Um, he will continue his NFL career. Um, he's going to, like, you know, enjoy retirement for maybe about five or six years, you know, get with his family. And then when he's ready, I think he might become a head coach. Mm-hmm. I think that Ryan Fitzpatrick will be a head coach one day in the NFL. What do you think? Oh my God! Patrick got abducted by aliens. Patrick, you there? Et phone home. Yo, Toes. Sorry about that. Uh, so Ryan Yo. Fitzpatrick is the head coach. I love the sound of that. Um, okay, so Tua, you are okay. So you give approval to that pick. Yeah, I give them a B plus for that because they needed a quarterback for the future. And, you know, there is some – I mean, the guy did lead a very, you know, very good – you know, like look at Alabama. Like most of those guys are in the in the pros right now. Josh Jacobs was the one. 
on the planet with them as well. I mean, Jerry Judy played with them. Um, you know, you know, this was a very, very good draft class. So I, I kind of have some faith in Tua. I have more faith in Tua leading the Miami Dolphins to glory than Sam Darnold does. Totally. The and then let's not. Uh, we'll, we'll get to one more slept-on name from. But 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 I want to stop you right there. I still have a little faith in Darnold. A little, I um, because a little is the perfect way of putting how much faith I have in Sam Darnold as well. You know, I'm not too huge on the guy at all. There is, I do notice one thing about Darnold. He has this underdog swagger. A little bit, yeah, I could see it. I could see it. Yeah, he he likes that. Uh, do I want to say that he he adores struggle in a little bit? Maybe he operates better when he's actually. Um, doubted or going through any bit of a struggle or some type of a bad outcome that he's facing it seems he seems like that kind of quarterback yeah and it's also sometimes that's good motivation but also it could it's a 50 50 on that one you know he's uh he's taking a dangerous yes, path it um it's 50 50 when it comes to that because you know the, the more you struggle the more you're not going to yeah, be on yeah, the team they're definitely not going to have any of it and they're going to they're going to uh, hate to say it, but management, whether it's, uh, you know, the retail store you work for, a fast food chain, a fucking sporting organization, management's always going to find a way to fucking point the finger at you. And who's the first one that's always accountable for the way that uh, offense operates? It's always the quarterback, right? Yep. So that's yep, where exactly. I'm at with uh, Darnold. I'm not crazy on him. And I think... They, they really, they, I think that first pick, they, we'll get down the list, but I think that first, uh, they will, we won't go too in-depth because we'll get on it later, but I think that pick, that was one of the riskiest picks in the first 15 picks was the uh, the move that the Jets made. I think that was big-time risky, but yeah. Yeah, we'll, we'll get to that we'll too get back as well. To it, um, uh, so the next team is, uh, who else is in the series? We're up to, uh, and, um, and they got, Let's Justin see who the hell they get. Oh, that's right. Exactly. <laughs> now, that was a great move. I'm surprised Miami didn't go with Justin Herbert. I thought they would go with him. I really yeah. thought that they would make a surprise move. It was, move and say, I no, was like 65, 65, 35. It was 65 to a 35%, which is still pretty prominent. You know, 35% chance that Herbert was going to go to Miami, but um, – Something was telling me about Tua. That, I mean, the one thing I, I know this sounds silly and all, but I, I do know that Miami had like a uh, believe it or not, I did hear like an interview from somebody in ownership or management, so, someone high up in the management chain with uh, the Dolphins. But they did like the fact that Tua was from the islands, so they liked the fact that he was from Hawaii, and if he was to live in Miami full time, that he was going to feel that the, the like the synergy that he was born and raised around, and you know, a lot of surfing outdoor life and a lot of time on the beach things like that they thought that he'd play better uh knowing that he lived in a spot that kind of reminded him of home which is i know that sounds silly but i kind of understand where they're coming from yeah yeah exactly which is what miami should have done with mariota that's that's right Mariota's from the island yeah but now he's on now he's in las vegas um kind of fits but uh, well, again, but with that, but with Herbert, um, now it fills in a void that you know they found their quarterback that would lead, hopefully, lead them to the promised land. Um, because Philip Rivers is now with the Indianapolis Chargers. That <laughs> the Indianapolis Chargers, dude, I didn't know. Right. I didn't know that happened. He's Ursa, 
first they so did the, it again. The, I, I'm gonna put in one piece of input with this pick. The I I, I totally I totally get the pick. Um, they absolutely. I mean, if there's one one team that I'm that I'm supposed to pick out saying that needs quarterback help, it would definitely be the fucking Chargers. The problem that I have with it is I get that Tyrod Taylor, he could service you quite well as a quarterback. He's a seasoned vet, and he started a good amount of seasons for Buffalo uh, where he, he's somewhat trustworthy if you were to rely on him and fucking have him start. Um, but I, I just – I don't see Herbert, like, so jumping – he doesn't really strike me as the kind of kid that's going to jump right into the league and be, you know, starter ready. I think he's going to – I mean, if he's going to he, – he, I could see him having good developmental skills. You know, he's going to have to have, like, a good mentor or, you know, somebody that could fucking show him the ropes. Um, I think that once he has that guy, I think that he, you know, the, the fucking – he's capable of anything. Uh, but that I just – I think the reason that I'm against the draft, the, 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 the pick, Toads, is because I think that the, the Chargers are still in the mix. I mean, they've spent a lot of time and effort, and they've put a lot of resources – into revamping this defense where they're still kind of like relevant. Like it's not the end of their season. And like, I think if they went out like, and they made a free agent splash somewhere in that, the, the, the market, like there was plenty of like players to strike on. Like I thought, I thought the right move, I, I thought the right move, they, they're still relevant, man. Like the right move was to go out and get Jameis or something. I know that Jameis ain't the greatest option, but fuck dude, with that kind of defense, like it doesn't matter how many fucking points Jameis is going to give back and pick sixes pick sixes, the guy's still going to ball and put up fucking points on the board because that defense is still going to hold it down, you know? So that's – I was kind of – I was pissed off by the pick, man. I, I think that uh, bad I, – I think it was bad management from the Chargers. I really think they could have done something better. I think they, they should have – I 100% think they should have fucking acquired somebody in free agency. That's just me, though. Yeah, and um, the, the one thing is that the reason why I think they went with that pick in particular is because you look at the AFC West and they are they going are. young. They're going. Yeah. Drew Locke is going to be the starter for the Broncos. Um, the chargers realized that Phillip rivers, you know, as legendary as his career has been, it's time for him to move on. Mm-hmm. And that's what they did. And then they went, young. they're going completely young in the AFC West. And now that just leaves mm-hmm. out the Raiders, which, which all Derek yep. Carr situation. Again, another thing to bring up too as well. Um, the um, so yeah, and so that that ends yep. the uh, Chargers. Uh, who was next? The next pick uh, was uh, number number seven. seven. That was a yeah. I I, I that I'm gonna say right now. I liked what Carolina did in this draft. I, that, that they made my top five in terms of uh, teams who just overall absolutely had a solid and diversified draft that I really liked. And the Panthers went with Derek Brown, defensive tackle out of Auburn. Um, an absolute monster. Um, seems like a really good kid off the field, and his work ethic is fucking through the roof. And it just the, he's the kind of guy like his mo. You can't like he's the kind of guy where you can't really train his type of work ethic. He's just he, he's got it, man. He was like born and he, he just had it possessed when he came out of his mama's womb. Like this guy was born and raised to play. Came out of his mama's womb and he was ready to play fucking ball. You know. Um, yeah, so that that's the that's the yeah. exact vibe I get from big fucking Derek Brown, dude. This guy's fucking six foot five, three hundred and thirty pounds coming for you every fucking down. He's just a nasty fucking dude that gives a hundred. It doesn't matter like if it's if 
thank God Teddy Bridgewater yeah, doesn't play against him. Trust me when I say he's just the kind of guy <laughs> like you should always be concerned about this guy lining up against you. He's coming for you every fucking down. He's just seems to gives me kind of that that immortal vibe, almost like a fucking um, like you just you can't you absolutely can't fucking beat Michael Myers, and he just kind of reminds me like a Michael Myers on the football field. <laughs> Oh God! No matter how fast you run, Michael Myers yeah. walks faster. Good pick by the Panthers. Plain and simple, with the departure of Keekley, I think the the Panthers. It was pretty much a no brainer on this one. <laughs> let's funny. let's go. Let, we're we're oh, going rapid fire here. I'll just keep going down, trying to fucking slim some of the fat off of my input, and just keep going rapid fire because we'll go ahead and try. We'll keep yeah, the we'll keep the pod because I'm enjoying this one so much. I would love for a uh, instead of doing an hour session, we could go ahead and extend it to 115, 120 for the fans. But we'll see. Yeah, yeah, we can. I, yeah. This is one one pod that I'm absolutely fascinated by. But um, at number eight, we this is fucking it. Um, we're talking about teams getting greedy right here, Toads, and I think the the Cardinals they got greedy because they had a need that they had to fulfill in this spot here at eight where there was a lot that, I mean, fucking um, Kyler Murray was definitely one of the most used and abused fucking uh, quarterbacks last season. I mean, he was running for his fucking life on numerous occasions as you well saw. And I saw, yeah, he was always on the fucking run. I guess he's a mobile quarterback, but that, that pocket was collapsing a lot um, where they, they needed, mm-hmm. they needed offensive line help and they just let, they, it was to that point where their fucking GM, he said, no, I'm, I'm not going with what we need. I'm going with what's the best on the board. What is the best pick available? And the best pick available was fucking Isaiah Simmons, linebacker, outside linebacker out of Clemson. This guy's just an absolute fucking athletic freak. Greedy, but for a reason. I think they I think they used their greed in the right way compared to another team, I think, did it in mm-hmm. the wrong way. Yeah. <laughs> and... Um, and uh, but I think Arizona, I think Arizona needed defensive help. Like I told you last year, I said they're one good defense away from yeah. being a threat. I, I, I mean, it's interesting. It's very fascinating to think about what they would have went with if he was taken. Um, if Isaiah got taken by the Chargers or somebody like where you know what would have they? You think they would have went O line if Simmons wasn't on the board? They probably would have, right? Yeah, um, I think that also, you know, Tristan Wirfs could have been on he the fucking Cardinals. He got picked right, right down below after them. So that that's crazy because the mm-hmm. next like four, the next four out of five picks were offensive linemen after the Arizona Cardinals made that move for Isaiah. Like it went offensive line, offensive line, offensive line. Where I think if Simmons wasn't there, they if, yeah. if Simmons wasn't there, I think the cards were going to go tackle. Yeah, which I think they did with their next. I think I think they did that with their second pick. They got an offensive uh-huh. tackle. Um, they, they they know they need a defensive tackle help, but they they really needed defensive help more uh-huh. than that because they were allow, they were allowing a lot of points. And you know how the Niners the Niners were carving they sure them up. Were. Fuck yeah, they were. We fucking I remember that game. We were getting inside that pocket like a motherfucker. Okay, so mm-hmm. that's my own input on Arizona. I think they just picked the best player available on the board, and it was a smart move for them because I think that's going to pay dividends. Um, and then at number nine, we got Jacksonville going with C.J. Henderson out of Florida. This was a uh, yeah, brilliant pick. Yeah, yeah they definitely top-rated brilliant. on every, the, a lot of experts' boards. So um, what do you think? 
Yeah, uh, uh, Jalen who? Exactly. That, I mean, that was their, their number one need was to replace that fucking egotistical fuck, right? Yeah, LA is going to have a hell of a time yeah. dealing with that guy. That's good Good for Jacksonville because I, I know that they've dealt with a lot of uh, locker room toxicity in the past five to ten years. So it's good they, they, they ridded themselves of that. If you don't want to fucking play here, you're not going to fucking be here. Yeah, exactly. The same thing's going probably for Leonard Fournette, yeah, but I don't know how that thing is. He's doing the same thing that fucking he did. So, um, scary stuff. So I think he, yeah, how long do you give him in Jacksonville, man? Do you think this could be like a midseason move where he just, he's so fed up and he's starting to lash out so hardcore towards management, the shitty franchise that they fucking, they make a move? Well, you know, he, he kind of got off light with this one because if he holds out, they're going to be like, well, you know, COVID, right? COVID, right? right? Um, so, <laughs> yeah, they, yeah. I mean, uh, I don't know. I mean, it's a lot. It's a very hostile environment right now, and I don't know what's going on with uh, with him. And uh, I mean, it, it, to me, I feel like they could work it out, but. You know, if he if he wants to go, yeah, no, go, the door's you know, wide so. fucking open. Yeah, because I think even, but here's the scary thing: I think if Fournette does walk, I mean, Jacksonville really they're very very shallow at fucking running back. Oh, uh, where if he, they, yeah, they, they are. They, they, they could say the door is open because you know, fucking your lack of effort or commitment towards this team outweighs the fact that you're a great football player. That's how it should be looked at. You know, like if. Yeah, your your amount of talent should not fucking equate into you fucking not wanting to play for an organization that's paying you millions of fucking dollars a year to play the sport, you know? And you're you're kind of viewed as the fans as yeah, the man not, right now. So why why leave something where you're gonna have to restart all over again? Don't mm-hmm. quit right now, man. If, Leonard, if I can just tell that to Leonard Fournette, like, hey, I get it, I get it, but hey, look at you. People are coming here to see you. There's Minshew. There's Minshew mania. But everyone's like, oh, Fournette's going to pound it in. He's going to pound it in for the win. Everybody's looking at Fournette as the hero. He's the hero. Fournette Fournette is the guy. He is. And he shouldn't leave. He really shouldn't. Everybody's coming to see him. And they're also coming to see Minshew, too. But, you know, the fact that they have two good weapons and now they're whoa, shit. (laughs) <laughs> that sounded like a the, the, yeah that's like mayday mayday <laughs> what did you knock over mr Daniel? no it's what i saw that knocked me over okay <laughs> they're gone they're gone they're gone they're gone are they did you see some like fucking black <laughs> widows or some shit no, uh, something that started the coronavirus. Oh, whoa, 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 fucking hell, you're seeing bats in San Carlos? Yeah, not there's sure. bats up in here. It's, it's in the, not, in the yeah, bed. it's the Fuck, I guess they do come down to the city limits. That's crazy. But they're fruit bats. They're in, they're, I, yeah, don't worry yeah, about them. We have those in sack, too. I've seen them before. But, um, yeah, so good that oh. about is, yeah, if the Jaguars needed secondary help and Okuda was not on the board, they had to go Henderson. So that was solid. Uh, Cleveland Browns at 10. This was its Oh, but they, but they so cashed in. They so, yeah, so cashed in. And then Cleveland, this was a up and I could not even mark my words on what I thought Cleveland was going to go with here at 10. I mean, it was really that uh, I, my guesses were as good as theirs. 
Um, number 10, they went with Jedrick Wills out of Alabama offensive tackle. Um, seemed like, the, it seemed like a bigger mm-hmm. yeah, was, good was definitely good we're move. talking about fucking quarterback pressure. And uh, he, he, the fucking Baker was definitely on the move a lot last year, especially against the Niners. You remember that game? It was a fucking joke. Our front four, fucking Jesus Christ, they feasted on that offense. Yep. Uh huh. But Bosa was like having yeah. a day. It was bad, bro. So do you think like they, you think Wills was a good pick here? Mm-hmm. They learned their lesson from that game. So that's why I was like, that was a good, yep. that was a good move. Yeah. Oh man, because Baker was go was running for his life, just like Kyler yeah. Murray. Yeah, he was running, running, and yeah. running, and running, and I'd... um, man, and, but, uh, know... yeah, because the Browns, when you really think about it, like I, I like their receiving corps, and I definitely like their running backs. So, um, this and they cashed huge on a tight end with yeah, Austin Hooper in free agency. Weapons on the because so I guess skill positions they probably didn't have any option to go to the skill position player in this spot where. They, but they've they've been concentrating very they've been concentrating on their defense a lot the last few drafts. Where I do I I like this pick. I like it a lot. Yeah, exactly. All right, let's move on because we got to keep moving yeah, on with the rapid, rapid fire. fire. Uh, New York Jets. They went with it. This is the one where I was like, this is the one of the riskiest picks of the draft right here, in my own opinion. But the Jets went with Mackay Becton, offensive tackle out of Louisville. The biggest guy in the entire draft, bro. Such a fucking nasty freak. And he's very athletic, which I give him six foot seven, three hundred and sixty-five fucking pounds. He's a oh my god, of a man, and he will eat you fucking alive. The the well, they got they went so the Jets no, went, they went defensive. offensive tackle. Yep. Oh, yeah, they needed that, too. So, I mean, if they needed the monster offensive lineman that would stop all these defenses that would bring the pressure, I mean, I mean, if I was if I was Darnold and Le'Veon Bell, I would have a sigh of relief, like, fuck, we got a yeah. wall no, right well, now. It's funny that you say Le'Veon Bell because apparently the guy's run blocking is a shit ton better than his pass blocking. So he is that kind of guy that fucking you throw him at a defensive tackle or a DN, he's going to fucking wash that fucker out. Um, where I think definitely be on the lookout if you get some good value in your fantasy drafts next season, people. I think that this guy could be a leading cause in uh, Le'Veon Bell having a little bit for a season next year. Yeah, I would too because that would that would put that would really put the pressure off of Darnold and be like, okay, we we can go for we can do a conservative running, which is Gase is known for doing. Gase is known for running right. the ball more. And um, and uh, th- th- I mean, this was a genius move by Gase. I mean, this is this is a move that would save yeah, his ass so. right if now. They, if they believe and... they want to, basically, they're saying with this pick, we want to establish the run. That's really what they're saying. Um, it's a it's a bold statement. Yeah, they, they and um, they, right... the, they know that Darnold's not talented enough to rely on wins with his own arm, where they absolutely need to rely on the run. And I think that's exactly what they're saying with this pick, right? Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, they're kind of like, you know, developing Darnold, and who knows if he can actually start putting it together. Um, because, like I said, he has that underdog swagger to him, and they notice it. At least I've noticed it. I'm like, dude, you beat the fucking Cowboys mm-hmm. when you came back. <laughs> I mean, who the fuck does that? <laughs> you know? 
I mean, you just came back from Mono and you beat the Cowboys, who were supposed to go to the Super Bowl. Uh, you're going to Disneyland. Exactly, bro. You know? <laughs> I mean, so you, you really can't discredit Darnold. I mean, he's kind of a little bit slow because Josh Allen just showed up and just, like, started mm-hmm. balling out like a fucking beast. And so I, I actually applaud the Jets for this move. Um, it, it is highly risky, risky, but when you think about it in the long run, oh, this, help out, this helps out Le'Veon Bell a little bit on the line. Um, this helps out Darnold, you know, hand the ball off to Le'Veon so he can, like, you know, at least put together a passing um, – uh, um, oh, God, what's the – a passing package. You know, you can put, a, you can put together totally, an offensive man. package. I completely agree with you. Um, and – so there's, there's some hope he for does. Darnold, but he has to no show it now. This so is, uh, this is a make or break year for Darnold. I, I'm telling you right now, I've had enough of it. I'm, I'm very impatient with him. For whatever reason, I, I'm very oh. impatient with Darnold. I need to see it this year. Absolutely. Um, yeah. He's becoming the Wayne Rooney you know what, of, you know N- of the we'll NFL. Let's go, um, let's go rapid fire because um, we still have a shit ton of picks to pick through where I'm just – do you want to go ahead and go 12 through 32 on your favorite? They do, who do you think got the most value or your favorite picks were out of those picks? Let's do that. Let's sure, sure, sure. sure. Picks that, that I think people got really good fucking value out of. Um, okay, let, let's go with this one right here. I, I'm not saying necessarily they got good value out of the guy or their pick. Um, but it's definitely, in my own opinion, from the first round, I thought it was the most enticing pick, and we absolutely have to touch on it. But it was uh, the Green Bay Packers, number 26 overall, going with Jordan Love, quarterback out of Utah State. What, uh, what's your input on that, though? It's, what's, the, what's the undertone message? or the, the, There's some type of indirective, indirective uh, symbolism behind that pick. What do you think it is? <laughs> what a waste of money! Damn, Fuck, that's that's harsh, bro. They keep they keep going, but I'm loving the the opening statement. Well, I mean, you know, it's just like, oh shit, I put my heart and soul. In. I mean, you know, I go through two collarbone injuries in one year, few fucks, and this right. is what you do. Yeah, Fuck damn. you, like, I'm out. That's what management is saying to him, right? No, I think that's what Aaron Rodgers is saying yeah, to Green Bay. He, Fuck this guy. He kind of has that type of persona about him. He's, I don't, I don't think Aaron Rodgers is the greatest teammate, man. I really don't. He reminds me a lot of Jay Cutler, and that's a huge, that's a, that's a concern for me, man. Um, his like his whole smugness and his negativity on the field, and he's pointing. A, another thing that he does a lot is he points his fingers at his offensive line, like. It's your fault. You know what the fuck? You're letting that guy inside the A gap or the B gap? Are you kidding me? Like, you should know better. It's like, dude, this shit happens, man. People make fucking mistakes, Aaron. Like, you've made plenty of them throwing fucking, what do you throw? Like, 10 or 12 picks last season? Like, the guy, they, the fucking Aaron's not invincible either. So, like, I, I just, I, I don't think Aaron's that great of a teammate. And I think his time's due in fucking Green Bay. And I think Jordan loves the starting, the starting QB of the fucking Green Bay Packers by 2022. Who knows? Maybe 2021, I, I, I who knows? Was an interesting pick. I think, they're, I think Green Bay is definitely kind of hinting that they, they want to be done with Aaron soon. Yeah, yeah, but um, so, yeah. I, yep. I, I I don't know. I just don't know. But, I mean, th- then again, maybe maybe um, well, then, but then again, you look at it, it's just like, you know, you, you, got, you got them one Super Bowl. That's pretty much mm-hmm. what you've done so far. 
and you've had teams after teams after teams to get this done. You know, Green Bay was always put in the conversation, but goddamn, when did it ever happen? Your defense didn't really carry you. You carried your team offensively, and that's what happened. Yeah, man, it's just fucking insane. Um, Let's go. What do you think about this? This was interesting, and I, I'm wondering because you personally think the guy is somewhat overrated. So it is interesting that he slid down a lot of people's draft boards, though. But a lot of people let this guy fucking dig deep down the draft. But uh, what do you think about the Dallas Cowboys going with CD Lamb at number 17 overall? Oh, God. Greedy. They got so greedy. You know, I mean, yeah, because it's now it's not like how how do you how do you like you know put him right, in the right. offense now? I mean, he's a rookie, he's a rookie. I don't know, I don't know how right. how ready he is. If he, you know, like how ready is this guy? Like, you know, I mean, like you know, with 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 the, with the, with Arizona going you know they got greedy mm-hmm. but they went in the right direction you know they needed that like you know what we're gonna go for the best player on the board but right. for the position we need like like defensive mm-hmm. like like linebacker mm-hmm. we need help defense we need help getting into the quarterback space so we can get Kyler back up up on the field putting po- points on the board they got greedy in the best way um the the Cowboys they didn't get they 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 should have used their greed and they should have went defensive and like I said they, Jacksonville they made them, them pay. pay they sure did make them pay at number twenty overall with Clavon Chase on he's pretty dope I've watched oh he should have been he should have been in blue and silver with a star yeah, in his helmet right do, now they but, do need defensive uh, line help you're completely right they really honestly do. They just what they had. They lost Robert Quinn last year, right? He went over to Chicago. I didn't even see that. Uh-huh. Yeah, he left. He departed Dallas, and that was going to. That was a huge void they needed to fill. I was thinking, okay, it makes perfect sense. They're going to go after somebody defensive in the draft. That was a smart move, and that's what I was thinking. Okay, so that's going to probably get, you know, everybody back. Like saying, if they would have made that move, everyone would have been like, oh, Dallas right. is going to be a really hard team to beat. They got a lot of defensive. They got a lot of defensive stars on talent. They got Demarcus Ware, uh, this new kid, Leighton and uh, Smith and Vanderesh. Oh shit! Sean Lee came back. Yeah, this is no, great. I, uh, I understand where you're coming from. I'm just such a big CD Lamb fan. So like, I, I'm absolutely persuaded by this kid. I watched a lot of his games, and I just I know how fucking freakish this guy is. I mean, the, the, some of the most incredible one-handed grabs I've seen in any college career. Um, he just—it is college. It that's is college, in college. A lot of those that's, that's only with one foot in bounds. So, like, he's gonna have to get that down too. He's gonna have to get the toe tap. <laughs> oh god, right? this like, is gonna be bad. Another thing about CD Lamb that we got to keep in mind is he's pretty undersized too. He's a pretty thin guy. So, um, if if he's going over oh, the middle and he gets oh, his fucking god. shit rattled by like a hard hitting safety, it could be night night for CD. Um, so we. Got to got to keep that in mind. He's showing like, hey, you on like, Wikipedia, he's only weighing in at one ninety seven, so he can't even tip two bills. How how much do you think? Uh, how much do you think Amari weighs? Out of curiosity. Oh, probably so? about yeah, maybe the same. Relatively smaller. Right? Oh, I think maybe like two oh five. 
Well, I think I know he's a little bit taller than him, just a little bit. But you know, now, now who does CD replace? Cooper or Neither. Lamb? Even they're, though they signed big contracts. To I mean, Gallup, Cooper, and CD Lamb, and the trips formation just going to be out. Oh, fucking hey, really, dude? Fucking is this thing right? Could it's saying Cooper's two twenty five? Damn. Uh, you know what they really could have used offensively if they wanted to get greedy? They should have gone after yeah, a high-priced tight end after yeah. his departure. That that would have made more fucking sense. I mean, I do not get this pick at all. I am yeah, baffled. <laughs> Big time you, you, because you of this. Think this, is what, this is one of the biggest botch picks of the draft? I think it is. I think it's too botched. I'm like, you know, poor CD Lamb. He's probably gonna one of the, one of those receivers is gonna get traded, and it might be him. Yeah. He might get traded. He might be traded with Dallas so fucking much. He'd be like, I want to get the yeah, fuck dude, out of here. Uh, I didn't think about it from that perspective, but you're you're thinking you're thinking straight. I like it. I like it a lot. I can't can't counter argue that. Well, um, yeah. Let's see. I've. Let, let, let's talk about a little bit because uh, we have a huge following with the Bay Area Niners fans. So I want to go ahead and touch on uh, this was an interesting pick from Seattle because there was so much talent on the board that I was surprised to see them go inside linebacker with Jordan Brooks out of Texas Tech. Relative, I don't want to say small school by any means, but um, yeah, that do you have any read on that? They run a they always run a four three defense, so maybe they see some capabilities of him like converting to the outside because i know um kj brown does it doesn't he kj right sorry kj right um he does he play does he play strong or weak side backer i think he plays strong right okay yeah, yeah he does play oh, strong they're, um, they're this... seeing some type of capability that this guy could chase from the outside from the weak side or something then um yeah they like this uh, jordan brooks kid so they're probably um wasn't there – who was their third Their third linebacker? was that one guy, Michael Kendricks. That's who it was last season, right? Yeah, um, they're going to – yeah, that was a uh, – again, the, the brilliance of the Seattle management, it just knows right. no bounds. They, they know something. It, it is amazing they how they can – have something up their sleeves. We always question their picks, and they always end up good, Right. Yeah, and they need to help on the defensive side, which is could which this could be a bargaining chip for Clowney to come back to the That's Seattle another Seahawks. Thing I didn't think about. Yeah, you're completely right. Um, like they're building a defense for me. Okay, I think they, I might stay. Interestingly enough, maybe they did see something I'm not seeing because I'm looking down the draft board and it looks like inside linebackers were very scarce in this position. Because after they drafted this kid, another one didn't get drafted for like another twenty-five picks. So, fuck, maybe maybe they did see something I'm not seeing. It could be a good pick. Okay. Yeah, I um, it was uh, no, Baltimore that you were talking about. Yep. Oh yeah, uh, but you know Baltimore did huge. Oh yeah, yeah. Huge the Ravens pick. have oh, one of the most. Uh, like we've been talking about top five solid drafts, and the Baltimore is definitely up there for me. Yeah, well, acquiring yeah, Patrick Queen, who who kind of brings that. Um, yeah, who kind of brings that lost um, that that lost presence that Ray Lewis once had in that mm-hmm. uh, field. 
I think the days of Ray Lewis are coming back to the Ravens, my friend. And now that they have Lamar Jackson, oh, the Ravens are going to yeah, be very man. unbeatable. I've... Very unbeatable. Marcus Peters. Um, now you got Patrick Queen. Uh, who else do you have up in the uh, – oh, Thomas. Earl Thomas. That, that, Judon, that Judon guy is good, too. Yeah. Yeah, exactly, that, man. Matthew Even, Judon. Oh, my God, man. 6'3", 260, they have him. They just said uh, they made a he, – he got a big extension from them, too. I think he got, like, a three-year extension. They really like what that guy does. Um, yeah. Oh, exactly. Oh man, yeah. That that yeah. Now that leaves just uh, you know, all those years that Pittsburgh dominated. I knew that was going to happen. I said all three of those teams are going to fucking say, "Oh yeah, Pittsburgh." Now you're going to be in the yeah, bottom. Yeah, exactly, bro. I've uh, Patrick Queens. You know, he um, inter- interestingly enough, he reminds me a lot of uh, Isaiah Simmons. They're both kind of like tall, slender outside backers that are definitely undersized, but they add they're, they're ball hawks. They have really good football IQs. And they fucking get after the ball like no other. Um, so this is like the next coming. Yeah. They, 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 if you were looking for Isaiah Simmons, this was your next guy. Like if you were interested in anybody else, it was Queen. So this was a good pick by the the Ravens. They, they just had a nasty draft overall because I I didn't their their pick with J.K. Dobbins is fucking solid in the second round too. That guy's a fucking bowling ball beast out of fucking Ohio State. He's a really talented running back. So I love their draft. Yeah, and that, now let's go over to the other one. Is the Niners? Is they um they they uh, they picked up uh, Javon Kinlaw, uh, who is also a lot of people were after him too. I'm surprised Carolina yeah, didn't jump on him. Between, I mean, if you were looking for a fucking disruptive defensive tackle that's just willing to absolutely obliterate any run coming down the middle, <laughs> it was between those two guys. And um, fuck, pick one or the other. And yeah, I mean. Who do, you, who do you worry about, Bosa or this guy? Bosa or this guy? Bosa or this guy? Oh, I would, I would honestly say possibly Kinlaw because I think this guy – I've seen this guy fucking be very, very disruptive, and he's just I, – I love uh, – the one thing I like about Kinlaw is he his pad level. I mean, talk about leverage for a six foot five, 325-pound guy. He could get fucking low. Um, so, yeah, he the, he's going to require a lot of double – don't be surprised. Mark my words on this one, fucking podcast. Remember this episode eight, episode nine. I don't give a shit what we're on, but mark my words. If they, if the Javon Kinlaw could absorb a lot of two or if, uh, the fucking double or triple teams, I guarantee. Mark my words that Eric Armstead is going to have another huge season for twenty twenty because he's going to free up a lot of space for Eric just to be very disruptive on the inside as well. Right. Oh, my God, yeah. Don't you see, like, if if Kinlaw could eat up some bodies, don't you think Armstead's going to have a good year, Toads? Yeah, I think so. It's it's certainly looking that way, but – um, I do I do think the Niners had did have a solid draft as well too. Um, with the second pick is um, I was like, oh man, this is awesome. All of us kids dreamed about doing this one day, joining the Niners, but oh, you know. Brandon Ayuk was just like, oh, man, it was, it was destiny. destiny. And, uh, you know, yeah, and uh, he, he, the minute he found out he was a Niner, he was like, yes, best ever. Like, you know, he was like, uh, like I told you, he uh, from Reno, Nevada, uh, tweeted a picture of him at four years old wearing a Niner's turtleneck. And he was just like, oh, man, this is great. 
I was like, oh, dude, I can't wait to have this guy play. Oh, man, I yeah. can't wait to see this guy in hey, action. You... He's happy to be here. I'm happy he's here. They're happy he's here. Um, they were the, the Niners were thinking of drafting him first over Kinlaw, but they were like, if Kinlaw wasn't on the board, did, did, we would have gone with Ayuk. They like were going with him. Oh, fuck it. Did he John Lynch. say that? Fucking if uh, Kinlaw, really, if Kinlaw was and, on the board, they were going to go AU? Mm-hmm. And, and Shanahan said that too. Both of them that said much? that. That's yeah, they were invested man. in like, those two guys. That big of an attachment, more power to him. But damn, I mean, talk about that would have been a bold statement. Ayuk over Lamb, over Judy, and over. Um, let's see who else. No, that they okay. So that's that's all there was in terms of uh, receiver options. Was you would have taken them over Judy or CD Lamb. So wouldn't have been that bad. Oh, or yeah, yeah. So thank Justin you, thank Jefferson you. Justin would have Jefferson been was on there too. Sorry. Um, and uh, you know, I like the fit that where he went to because he replaces the departure of Stephon Diggs in Minnesota. And I think Thielen and Justin Jefferson are going to be very, very hard to handle. Um, he's going to have a very good. I mean, Minnesota yeah, couldn't yeah, ask for a better uh, wide receiver. Looking at him right now, damn, he weighs. He weighs a lot more than I thought he did. I thought he was a smaller guy. Two hundred five, solid as fuck. Um, how, how? How? Yeah. Oh, and the the, the other one, the Niners guy. I, I, I'm surprised. I could, I told you we got our monster, and I'm surprised this guy dropped. Uh, let's that talk about who, who are you on? Like, Oh, yeah, jo- Jawan Jennings from the, the, the volunteers very in depth. And he's saying that we absolutely got a fucking snag there. And the number one thing you, you brought up the point too in an earlier conversation, but the number one thing that both of you guys said was the guy's a big body where uh, maybe they, he, he could be a project player. Maybe they don't want to put him at receiver and they want to pack on some muscle and play him at tight end. Yeah, but that means you know that Not that means Kittle's on the decline. Toads, but we do know that like Kittle is he's a very prized uh, asset that we have right now, and like um, you know, fucking players' health and safety is number one fucking number one priority. Where maybe on like running plays instead of throwing uh, instead of throwing Kittle into the fucking trenches to fucking block and fucking risk getting his knees chopped out. We could throw this guy in there and, and running because I'm looking up his stats right now. It's 230, dude. He's a big body, right? Like our, our nutritionists and our fucking fitness experts, I'm sure they could pack on another 15 or 20 pounds of muscle onto this guy, right? Yeah, but true. But we also do need um, because, well, that, that means that, you know, in fantasy, Kittle, if that, if that were to come into fruition, Kittle's uh, yeah, snaps maybe, will be limited. Uh, I'm saying maybe and, he could um, be more like, but the thing is, like, Kittle is – he's such a good run blocker. It would hurt my heart to say let's go ahead and, like, take him out on run plays because he's so talented. But anything to, like, protect his safety because I know he's had a couple run-ins with health where I just want to, like – we, we got to be conservative, you know. Like, if we're going to make another run, we got, like, going into the postseason, we got to have everybody healthy, knock on wood. Yeah, exactly. We got to have everybody healthy. And um, the other thing, too, is the reason why I'm glad that the Niners got this guy is because we were missing um, the very tall, not the tall tight end, the very tall wide receiver. Six foot three. Oh, my God, this guy's huge. 
Juwan, Juwan Jennings. I don't know if Hurd's ever going to see playing time. He might even be traded. I think Pettis might be traded. And, uh, you know, Goodwin got traded. He went to what, Miami? Or where did he go? Uh, good, oh, Goodwin went to – where did he go? Oh, he, did, he didn't go to New Orleans, did he? No, I don't think he did. I think he went – I don't know where he went. No, I, don't, I, I can't remember, but he went somewhere. And uh, uh, I don't, I don't really know. Um, I have to look it up. And uh, yeah, but I, I do know that Burrito went to Miami. I'm kind of heartbroken on that one. Very, very heartbroken on that one. But I hope I wish him the best of luck. Oh yeah, man, Burrito did go to fucking the Finns, huh? I mean, shit, it's. I don't know what to say about the Finns. I mean, they. They made some great picks in their draft, and they made some very questionable ones too. So I they needed him. It's kind of tough for me to put a. It's very, I'm sorry. I, the, the, the Dolphins needed Breda more than the more than the, the more than the Niners needed him. The, the Dolphins need him more than than the Niners. The Niners are clearly exactly. going with Mozart. Yeah, and um, and, and Tevin Coleman, they're, they're going with those two guys. That's if Devontae Freeman walks to the Niners. But that's unofficial. I mean, the, the whole Devontae, that's just a theory, you know, the, the whole Devontae Yeah, Devo- oh, thing. that's right. Yeah, Devontae, fuck, dude. Hopefully, I just want to see, like, Devontae Freeman, fuck. I, I, I want to see his health get better this year. That's the number one thing. I just hope that he has a very healthy season because I enjoy watching the guy fucking play ball, but unfortunately, like, the past couple of years, the guy just can't stay healthy. Think about it. His best years did come when Shanahan and was coaching with the Falcons. Three-headed, uh, we're talking about fucking snap conservation, right, Toads? Like, Keeping your keeping keeping your talk mm-hmm. and now, now the departure of Brita, keeping their snaps limited, and that's exactly what Shani is very good about, right? Yeah, and I think that he's probably thinking, you know, because uh, Todd Gurley's in Atlanta, mm-hmm. where else is he going to go? I mean, who else does he know? Mm-hmm. I mean, he knows Shanahan, and he and he's like, oh, I, I went from the Falcons to the Niners. Exactly. Yeah, I'm doing this. I, oh, um... <laughs> There is room for out Freeman of, um, to come to the out team. Of just pure courtesy and um, absolute fucking uh, excitement. Let's go ahead. Uh, I was just checking out the third round. I totally almost forgot to give a shout out to our uh, San Mateo native, a uh, cousin of Chris and Moses Pita out of Aragon High School, Devin Aussie Aussie out of fucking San Mateo, California, going 91st overall to the fucking New England Patriots. What is the. Uh, What's the fast? It was, how cool is that? Yes! Fascination with Bilicek fucking drafting people from the uh, the Bay Area, fucking Edelman, Brady, and now Aussie Aussie. Like, does he? He just knows that like we breed some great athletes, or like we're fucking well. Isn't that cool? Like, it's it, happening. How much? It's how much happening is again. It's happening. It's right? happening. Bilicek's, his it's mind Where's the guy? Oh, San Mateo, California. Oh shit. Brady's from there. Oh, and Edelman. Oh, he's from Redwood. That's only seven miles away. Oh shit! There's got to be some type of synergy going on with the Bay Area folks. They're they're well mannered and they uh they have great work ethic and they're athletically gifted. Count me in. Give me Devin Aussie Aussie ninety first overall. <laughs> he's looking. He's, he's looking at previous drafts. Like, why the fuck did they I not get Devontae Adams? Right, exactly. <laughs> Considering he's from the Pen too. Um, 
Yeah, it's not crazy. Ninth yeah. overall, Chris and Moses Peta's cousin, Devin Aussie Aussie, six foot fucking five, 275 fucking pounds. Jeez, he's a oh monster. And uh, what position end. does he play again? Yeah. Oh, but eventually he's saying, man, if I only graduated a year earlier. Seriously, because they, they needed help last year too, right? Shit, oh, my God, dude. Two, no, nothing wrong here. Just two San Mateo right. boys just yeah, having yeah, fun. I didn't think about it from that perspective, but that's exactly how he did it. He could have balled out. <laughs> Tom should have stayed. They'd be like, you're from San Mateo? You're from home? Oh, you're on my team? Oh, this is great. I'm going to exactly. throw to you now. You're a tight end. <laughs> oh, God. Tom. Oh, Tom Brady, if you listen to this. He, um, oh, it looks like so this guy is interesting, up. too. He took his uh, – he took his uh, – very smart guy. He took his playing career very seriously. Like, you could tell the guy was extremely – what a smart guy. Like, I give the guy credit. It looks like he was, like – Number one career goal was to go into pro football because he was born and raised in the Shoreview area. And instead of going to Aragon High School, um, when the I, I hear the program has really unfortunately gone downhill in the last five to ten years, bro. It's nothing like when we went there, you know, back in the early 2000s where we absolutely fucking ran shit and had a lot of Polynesians and just tons of like overgrown fucking teenagers that just didn't look like they belonged on a high school field. But he went to uh, instead of going to Aragon, he went to De La Salle. He somehow got a transfer over there. Yeah. So oh, I would have. Like, Are you kidding me? He, he had the talent <laughs> to fucking get in. That, that is the pre. That is the premier high school football program in yeah. the Bay to this day. So that was smart of him. He obviously probably so, got yeah. some looks being out of there. Yeah, <laughs> and the, let's see. Um, Oh, this is interesting. Aussie Aussie was originally oh, recruited by Michigan head coach Jim Harbaugh during a visit at De La Salle High School in January 2016. On January on uh, February 3rd of 2016, he committed to play football at the at Michigan. Uh, interesting. So yeah, it looks like Jim Harbaugh was scouting over at De La Salle and then invited him to play for Michigan, and then he transferred to UCLA in 2017. Oh, wait, wait, wait. You're telling me this right now. A San Mateo kid went to Michigan he, and got drafted yeah, by the New England Patriots. Harbaugh. That's uh, pretty fucking cool. Um, according to Wikipedia, anybody could go in and keep in mind any freelancer could come up in here and like, but that's just way too random of us. There's no like, you can't, not even fucking LSD or acid can make some, someone write something so random. You know, like Jim Harbaugh went to De La Salle in 2016, liked what he saw and like invited this guy over to play for the Michigan Wolverines. Like, that's just not going to happen. That's got to be some real shit right there, whoever typed that in. Um, so, yeah, he, he met Harbaugh and like something must have not worked out or maybe – there was somebody, you know, more athletically gifted than him and in the front position for tight end where he didn't like the fact that he was starting and he made the right move going to UCLA, transferring over. Oh, man. Okay. That, still, that's just I, – I bet you when he found out he was getting drafted to the Patriots, he's like, no fucking way. <laughs> Like, like, how many fucking times does this happen? 
God, dude, no way. Well, congratulations, Chris. Uh, you're making it hard for the rest of the San Mateoans. <laughs> exactly. Asshole. Damn, okay, so last season yeah, he played G- in 12 games, and he had 44 catches for 641 yards and four touchdowns. Solid. I know, the right? Packers yeah, go after him. The Packers okay. definitely being a destination for a tight end, right? Well, they 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 did get their tight end. They they actually did. I, I'm actually happy they got him. Um, but he, you know it's funny. The guy that they got looks like fucking fat in that '70s. <laughs> What's show. the name on the guy? I'm trying to look it up. Ironically, ironically, so, it's okay. it's in Wisconsin. I'm like, yeah. oh my god, it's fucking Fez. <laughs> it's oh, fucking Fez. what the fuck, this guy? Oh shit, really? Oh, what the fuck? Are you kidding? Dude, you're going to fucking trip balls right now. I had to say, what the fuck? Because I just looked up the guy that they fucking <laughs> drafted. And you, what the fuck, bro? You said that the fucking guy's from fucking uh, Wisconsin, but I just fucking click his Wikipedia link, his uh, Wikipedia link, and he's from fucking Folsom, California, fucking five miles away from me. <laughs> well, no, no, no. I mean, he, he kind of does look oh, like Fez, bad, and it, ironically, he Fez. Like a character. <laughs> Yeah, he looks like the character Fez from that 70s show, which is ironically oh, in Wisconsin. Oh, what the fuck? He went to Folsom High, too? Oh, God bless this fucking kid. I'll keep my eyes on him. Fuck you. Yeah. I, I, I think they made a, I think Green Bay made a good move in tight end. I think LaFleur knew what I was seeing, too. I'm like, yeah, because, you know, he got his ass beat by the Niners and Kittle. And he's like, you know what? I need a, I need a guy like that. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. I need a guy like that. So we'll see what happens. I think that, Aaron, you know, Aaron Rodgers, is. it's up to him on the whole Green Bay thing, and I'll end it with that. Um, if he decides to leave, which would probably happen, um, he's probably going to do the same thing that to, to Jordan Love, what what Brett Favre did to Aaron Rodgers. And um, I hope he doesn't do it that much. I'm just, I just hope that he say, says, like, okay, I'm going to stay for at least a couple more years. crazy. I like, cannot believe like right these now. guys out of fucking like right now. out of full they went right to Folsom High too. That's crazy. Six foot two, two hundred and forty five pounds. Uh, bench press two twenty five, twenty five times solid. That's crazy. Good, good for yeah, the yeah, exactly. I think they, being born and raised out of the sack area, they probably produce some good ballers. So it's probably a good pick. Yeah, I think one team that's in regressing. Um, uh, here, let's let's uh, we'll, we'll cover the mistakes on this because we got about a, a minute left. Um, uh, Houston, they didn't do good. Let's just say the teams that didn't the, do good. Let's I move think on. The, Houston, the Rams just that they've had overall just a terrible offseason, right? Yeah, uh, they had they salvaged what they could out of the drafts and a, they, uh, they did okay. They got the Florida State running back, which was a good pick. Yeah, so they did okay. Um, they're, they're not, but you know, don't worry about it. Don't worry about the Rams, though. I'm not. I'm not really uh, right, sold right. on the Rams right now. Um, they, another team that didn't do really good in the drafts. I don't think the Colts helped their mm-hmm. benefit that much. They're going to be lost too. Um, I think that division's going to be up for grabs by the Titans or the Jacksonville Jaguars. And I think the I think the, the, the Titans had a low key draft. I don't think they did anything that spectacular. I think Vrabel was just doing they, what Vrabel does. And just right now, man. It's going to take a monumental fuck up for Tennessee not to like 
I don't want to say repeat that they're not going to overachieve and get to where they were last season. But I think I think they have a very solidified team. And I think one of the biggest losses, but they apparently they addressed in the draft was going offensive line to replace uh, Conklin. That was like their monster attack. Where did that guy? Do you know where he went? Because he that that guy's a really good offensive lineman. I think Conklin. I have to look that up. We're we're gonna have to like uh, yep. touch bases on that the next time. Yeah, but anyways, um, it was good. It, this was a very good thing. We'll we'll touch base on uh, oh, what yeah, Thursday or Friday. Friday. All right, all right, sounds good. Hey, uh, anyways, Patrick, you have a good night. Okay, this was a really good one. All right, peace out, peace out, listeners, oh, okay. and good night, Danny <laughs> Allen.